This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast. Myself, Guy Clark, here with two special guests to talk about a new book, Old Liverpool FC in Colour. I've got the uh, two key contributors to the book alongside myself, Mark Platt and George Chilvers. Gents, thanks a lot for coming in. And of course, it's the 130th anniversary of Liverpool this year. Mark, I'll, I'll throw over to yourself first. In terms of putting this book together, how important was it for you this year to, to get involved in celebrating? the anniversary in some way well I work for the Liverpool Football Club and you know every time a significant anniversary does come around you know we're always looking at ways of how to commemorate it and a different way to commemorate it basically um, obviously I've written a few books before um, and I've got a long-standing interest in the club's history and it's always how can you how can you tell this Liverpool story differently because it's been done that many times the story's well told well known um, and yeah, it, it was important amongst other things. I, I work on the, the TV channel, so I look a lot of how we, how we can commemorate the anniversary that way. And obviously, we're interested with the book, and it was always how can we do a different book? Um, George had colorized the one, the front covers of one of the books I'd done previously, um, The Red Journey. Uh, I follow George work on you know, via Facebook, he's always posting pictures, Facebook, Twitter, and what have you. Um, and the way this one come about, it was, I had an old colour photograph of my mum and dad for the wedding anniversary, through 50 years married, and he had no colour photographs. So I thought, no, this is what George does. So I got back in touch with George, asked him if he'd do that, which he did. And I just got talking and go, no, no, I love these photographs you do. And a lot of his photographs were old Liverpool pictures. And I just thought, what a, no, it'd be a great idea that these, these should be going in a book really, rather than just, be going out on social media, which yeah, you get a lot of lot of views on social media. But I just thought it'd be nice to just collate them all together in one place in a book. You know, put a bit of context around it. Uh, so I approached George then, and I asked him if he'd be interested. Which, which thankfully he was, and then we went to the publishers' reach with the idea and to the club itself, and you know they both bought into the idea, and yeah, took it from there. Yeah, brilliant stuff. George, as Mark says there, I've seen a number of the coloured photographs you put out on social media. I'll put a link as well in the uh, the description for the listeners to, to go and see more of them as well. Of course, encourage them to, to go and buy the book itself. But in terms of the process of it, or even kind of how you got into to doing that and bringing those kind of black and white photographs to life and, and bringing them into to, to colour into, the, I suppose, the modern era, how, how, did, how did that all come about? The, the original story actually is mentioned in the book. Uh, when I was a little lad growing up in, in Liverpool in the 50s and 60s, um, I'm not going to go all for, for Yorkshiremen, um, but yeah, we didn't get many presents. But one favourite present I always used to get was um, a football annual every year. And I used to study the pictures um, madly. And then I always wondered, well, what would that look like in real life? So I'd get me coloured pencils and, and colour away. So that, that was the first interest in trying to see what things look looked like then went on life um, went to university got married had a family life takes over but then started getting interested in um, computers when I got um, a PC and I managed to get a copy of Photoshop and realized you could color old pictures using Photoshop so I tried that I tried that with various various things um, my love's always been football so you know start coloring in football pictures and it, it, it just took off from there. And 
over the years, um, I, I retired 10 years ago. So that's given me a lot more time to develop the, the, the techniques because th you do need the, the, the techniques. So that, that, that's really the story. That's how I started all those 60 years ago, um, but how it's, it's developed now. Yeah, and I suppose kind of the anniversary as well, Mark, kind of ties it in nicely to to be able to go right back to the start because that, that's what the book is, is kind of a celebration of Liverpool, I suppose, through the black and white age of photography to go and revisit it and bring it to life. Yeah, exactly. That That, that is exa exactly what it is. And, you know, the idea was 130 photographs for 130 years. There's a bit more than 130 photographs in the end because we've combined a few stories with, you know, there's a few, diff few pictures for, for different stories but yeah you know it, it goes right back 1892 the very first known picture that exists of Liverpool Football Club uh, which where Wendy played in blue and white shirt so even that you know supporters will have heard the stories oh let Liverpool once played in blue and white but just to illustrate that now and bring it to life that this is what they actually look like with these half and half light blue and white shirts and then the other uh, not a problem but a question we had to, to confront was how far do we take the book up to? Because we, you know, once you get, well, even once you get to the 70s, probably, you know, colour photography becomes more commonplace, you know, in magazines, not newspapers as such. And then, so in the end, it was decided we'll go to, up to 1990 because after that, then, yeah, newspapers then are probably running full colour photography, aren't they, as well? So between, say, what, 19, between the 70s and 80s, obviously, a lot of photographs have been seen in colour. The task then was to find pictures that hadn't been seen in colour before. You know, and, and again, and when, when selecting the pictures, it was always a case of, yeah, we want to cover all the key landmarks and all the key moments in the club's history, but try and find different photographs that, that aren't, that have been really seen before. Uh, which, and I like to think that, that we have done that. Obviously, there will be photographs that people will recognise because they are just the, you know, the ones you can't ignore. But there's there's a lot in there that probably haven't been published as well, even in black and white, so it's good. Yeah, no, definitely. George, did you get involved kind of in the, I suppose, selection with the, the photos as well, in terms of what would be brought to life well within colour? I mean, yeah. how was how was that process? Yeah, yeah, myself and Mark have been, you know, in, in constant contact. And so it, it's, it's a matter of also finding out which pictures would colour best you know yeah. and, and over over the years i've, I've learned which ones um, colorize best which ones look look best um and just a whole range of you know we wanted a balance between team pictures um individuals match action um just the the players or directors in their suits yeah uh, uh, around mm -hmm. so it, it, it was across the board and so between us we we we, we reached con conclusion yeah. mark had more than 130 pictures oh um, yeah Got enough for another quite, one. Yeah, <laughs> quite, you know, quite, quite a number. Um, but it, it was just something that, yeah, we, 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 we discussed together and I can see which ones look best. Yeah, I, I'd often run, run it past George first. go, I've got this photograph here where I'd like to, there's a good story here, but, but would the picture work in colour? The, and sometimes they wouldn't. You, and you'd yeah, tell there, there, there's, there's a great picture Mark had of, of the uncovered cop yeah, yeah. In, in 1920s. Um, Really unusual picture, but it just would not colourise that. I, I, you know, I, I could tell you that that just wouldn't work. Yeah. And the thing I love about it as well is the the characters of Liverpool's history. You, you go way back to, to Tom Watson, Billy Little, they're just flicking through the book. A number of the different characters that you've not seen 
in colour before, yeah. brought to life. And, and actually, rather than look like figures from a bygone time of, yeah. oh yeah, that's, that's that person. You can, you can see the people, you can yeah. really feel it. It brings them, I think it brings them into the modern age for younger supporters. And, you know, probably just, they've heard the name and you just look at a black and white photograph and it doesn't really register with them, but to actually see them in colour. The, the greatest compliment um, I find from people is that, wow, that looks just like um, a colour photo taken yesterday. And uh, I'm really, yeah. really pleased if they, if they say that. One of the, the, the key people as well that I, I wasn't aware of actually before looking through the book was Alicia Scott, the, the goalkeeper. And I know, George, you've done a number of Everton pictures as yeah. well in the past. And, and one of them, I've just opened the book here, was one of the Merseyside derbies that you've you've kind of colourised of the two sides coming out, yeah. Dixie Dean and Alicia Scott, the two legendary key figures, I suppose. And as I say, Alicia Scott may be one of those who kind of over the years has kind of fallen fallen more into the, the, the back annals of, of Liverpool history. Possibly. I mean, yeah, if if, if you're around about my age, you'll, you'll still have heard the tales of, <laughs> yeah. of Elisha, but um, probably modern fans yeah. haven't heard as, as, as much. I think with every, every like that, Alicia Scott, that's probably talking hundreds of years ago now, aren't you? So, and with every passing year, these sort of famous names from the past, they fade more from the memory, especially, you know, with these younger fans coming through. So I think, what this book will do again is it'll help sort of keep their memory alive of these older players. Another thing that, that I sort of liked as well with the photographs and is when you see the crowd on that picture there when they're coming out the tunnel, but seeing those faces in the crowd, isn't it? And bringing them to life, I think, you know, they, they could be someone's great granddad or, you know, someone's real distant relative. And, you know, so I think when people do flick through the book and they look at those ones in the crowd as well, I think that's quite interesting to see. I, th- I think those sorts of pictures that you're talking about, you know, the um, um, Elisha and um, Dixie coming out the tunnel and talking about the crowd. If you see that in black and white, what you see are the two players. Yeah. You don't particularly see the crowd. When you yeah. have it in colour, the, 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 the people stand out and, and you can yeah. see their faces yeah. and, and they, they, they develop personalities. And sometimes when I'm doing them, you, you sort of say, oh, he, he looks a bit of a character. Yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the, the characters you got is is Liverpool travelling down to, to Craven Cottage as well, and kind of as you nice. say there, the the interaction with the fans, and and equally when when you talk about the fans there, it, it is a throwback to kind of a modern football, so cynical with with how you look at it with the, the Super League and all things like that. But you've got the flat caps, you've got mm-hmm. the working man's game, yeah. you can see it right there. Yeah, that is that is football that we all. That's um, it. It really was the, the people's game back then. Isn't it? It's a bit of a cliche, but. It was, and you can, as you say, you see the how the players interacted with the fans so closely. And uh, there's a no, there's a picture there of the the original mascot from the twenties, and we were quite excited, I think, with those photographs because those photographs had never been published before, and the story of it. His name's Reg Ellison, and you know that story had never been told before. Now th- those photographs were donated to the club by his family, um, so. I'd seen them in black and white and they were really tatty, wasn't he? I think George done a great job with them because not only did he colourise them, he sort of repaired the picture as well. Yeah. Didn't he? So, you know, really sort of made them just enhance it, to, just make to, it for publication. Look, look yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Is that you I was I was gonna say, in trying to decide what pictures and obviously Liverpool have such a rich history, especially towards the back end of these yeah. years, in particular through the seventies and eighties, but was it more about trying to identify the characters, the scenes, the as you say, George yourself as well, bring 
some of those maybe in 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 the background into life even even people who aren't actually maybe written down as being in Liverpool folklore but the supporters yeah and- as Mark says you know that a lot of those people that you can see in those crowds because it was a Liverpool club and you know everyone lived lived local um there'll be someone's great granddad or you know great great granddad yeah. yeah um and even if you can't identify who they are you'll know that the the you know that um i know in the 50s my dad used to go to Anfield regularly i can't see him on any of the pictures but i know he's there yeah yeah in fact there's a couple of pictures where i know i'm there but I can't see him. <laughs> it's because of those those people in the crowd back then is that why we're still going to games? You know, and why we we've become Liverpool supporters ourselves, and you know that that's whose footsteps we're all following. It. I think the book is as much about it's as much about the play, it's about the crowd as the players. You know, but the club is not just the football players and and the managers. It's, it's everything. It's it's the, it's the crowd. It's, and and it, it's they all not come just, together as one. Yeah, it's not just a standard history of the club. You know that you you do tend to get club histories, yeah. which which go th- from year to year, listing where they finished in the league. This yeah. is a a story of stories. Um, it, it's yeah. a collection of stories about people's events, um, players, yeah. characters, and some of the lesser known figures in the club's history. Like you say, guy, you know. They will be. They'll feature and they will be featured in this book more than they probably have done in other books because the other books are probably just tend to f- focus on you know y- your star players, so to speak. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You say they're the star players, and George, what you were saying before as well about the other characters within Liverpool's history. They say don't judge a book by its cover, and I mean on your cover, it's only a small picture at the front. But Bill Shankly, I. Preconceived, I think everyone before reading the book thinks, oh, I've got an idea of what might be in here. I thought there was going to be loads, reams and reams of Bill Shankly pictures. Yeah. But there really isn't. And I think that's testament to the, the book you guys have put together. Yeah. That it isn't just an infatuation on, obviously, one of the, mm-hmm. the biggest characters. It does celebrate the length and, and breadth yeah. of... Well, I think that, yeah, it, you know, the club began before... The club, yeah. well before Bill Shankly. You know, it's a common misconception that... And, yeah, and it'll carry probably, on long after. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, but the modern Liverpool... When, when people look back at Liverpool's history, they go, oh, Shankly, and probably not many people, unless they're real, sort of, you know, they're really into the club's history. They don't look beyond 1959 and Bill Shankly arrives. So, yeah, obviously Shankly does feature, and he, 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 features in, he does feature in a few photographs. And, you know, we couldn't not leave him out, obviously. Yeah. And, and we wanted to celebrate him as much as we could, but obviously we could have filled him with loads more Shankly pictures, which people have, 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 would have seen many times in the past and you know that would have meant we couldn't have done justice to the, to all the ones who've come before them. Some of my um, favourite pictures actually are the, the tours that the, the team did in the yeah. 30s you know, yeah. and, and you know, just the, the people may, may not be aware that you know the, the, the club went to Yugoslavia, went to yeah. America just after mm-hmm. the war, you know those sort of things and they're there in, in pictures. Yeah. One of the others that jumps off the, the the page to me in the book when when I looked at it was kind of Liverpool, I suppose. And you say it kind of goes up to nineteen ninety when they built kind of, I suppose, prior to to Jurgen Klopp's arrival, one of the great teams under Sir Kenny Dalglish with Peter Beardsley and John Barnes both yeah. there celebrating their their arrival at the club. Yeah. I thought that was a, a brilliant one to, to yeah. bring to life. Yeah, but even even as you say, even then, even though that was the colour era. Mm. And you, you know, obviously, you had colour TV, and you had colour football magazines. 
a lot of the newspaper photographs back then were still in black and white. So there's a good photograph there of John Barnes on his Anfield debut. Now, I'd never seen a colour photograph that game before. Similar with um, Ian Rush when he scores against Everton when he went 5 0 again. So being on TV many a time, everyone will be familiar with, with the footage which was in colour, but I'd never seen a colour photograph. Yeah, although colour photography, we all had colour cameras to take photos of our holidays. Um, newspapers, uh, as Mark said, until I think it was 1995, Eddie Shaw um, made up um, Today newspaper. Yeah. And that was the first newspaper in colour. Before then, um, all football pictures in newspapers were in black and white because it was far easier to just take the pictures in black and white. Hurl it, hurl it over the shoulder. The runner brought it to the Echo um, and it was developed a lot cheaper and e- quicker in black and white. So all the, the press photos yeah. were in fact black and white and it's only with the with the introduction of today which then all the other newspapers within a few years that's took up colour colour yeah. colour colour printing um that that's when uh colour photos became more yeah. more more apparent so although um people and, and i've said about other pictures I, I, i've done oh were there no colour photo with no colour pictures in 1970s 1980s well no there weren't in the newspapers yeah. and so what you think are classic pictures there's a picture in the, um, of David Furclough who's scoring the famous goal at saint Etienne. that exact picture has never been seen in colour because it was a black and white picture yeah. and I think the way in which you do it as well and colourise these it just adds that nostalgic feel mm. to it and obviously you can tell the the camera equipment that has been used to yeah. take the photographs has progressed and therefore the, the images are more refined by the time you get to the 80s and 90s but equally the colorization of them still makes you know of the age they're from yeah absolutely yeah no in terms of kind of taking the the the, the process of choosing the pictures and everything like that mark you mentioned you work with the club how closely kind of involved with a club with with wanting to get involved in this and the link obviously you you share um, with them i think it's just yeah well, i was just a link at, it's obviously between the club and the publisher and I think it was just yeah, it's just left to me really. The club, you know, it's just me to 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 do what I was doing with doing. Um, you know, they gave they gave it the backing. It's you know, the stock it in the club shop, and yeah, there was no no real other involvement in it. It's basically just myself and George, you know, and also you know the the lads at Reach, you know, the designer called Sumter, Roy Gilfoyle, the sub editor, and Paul Dove, executive editor. You know, we worked with Steve and and. Um, I, it just it just seemed to work really well. I think everything came together. The, the design we were saying before, you know, it, the way it turned out was even probably better than we imagined it to be. Yeah, we, we we I think we knew we had a yeah. good product. I, I I think we're a bit surprised how popular it's become. But my pictures, Mark's words, and the the designers, it all fitted together really really well. How much pride do you get then when you get that before it's even gone to the shelves? You get the book through to you and, and yourself, George, of having, I, I don't know if you've, you've worked on books in the past or whatever, but seeing a full book and, and a big book at that with 130 and more photographs in it. of 130 with good stories, with good design work. Um, incredible pride, yeah. In fact, I haven't stopped telling people about it. I think they're getting a little bit bored <laughs> by now. Yeah. No, it's always great when, you, when, when the book comes back and... <laughs> Although I always flick through with a bit of trepidation because I just think I don't want to read. I don't want to read in case you see a mistake. Or, <laughs> yeah. So it's always like, oh, you know. But no, I'm really proud of it and the way it's turned out. And what's the reception been like since? Because obviously it's already on sale. We've, yeah. we've gone this a couple of weeks or so. It's, it's been 
yeah, it's it's so far the the reaction to it's been brilliant. You know, we um, found out this morning it's the actual the best selling sports book in Ireland. So you know, that that that's it. That's great. Uh, it's doing well on Amazon charts. I don't, I've got no sales figures yeah. from, from other outlets, but but just the reaction of people in general. You know, the, the the comments we've had from when we've been posting about it on social media, everything's been positive and. Again, I think it is just something a little bit different, and you know, just the the books about Liverpool. There's that many on the shelves, you know. And I've been involved in a few in the past myself, and no guilty, not guilty, but of it. But some of it is you're retelling the stories from the past, and as I said earlier, this was about finding a different way of telling that story and highlighting different stories and. Obviously, adding something new to the to, to the club's past and the club's heritage, I think that's what it's done. Yeah, we've got a, a huge audience in Ireland. We're recording ahead of the Champions League semi-final first leg against Villarreal, and I'm sure a few people will be out for a morning walk, enjoying a cup of tea or whatever, maybe flicking through the book if they've already got hold of it. Hopefully, we've encouraged more to <laughs> yeah, head to Amazon good. and uh, to, to go and pick up a copy. But it would be remiss not to talk about Liverpool in the modern era. And Mark, I throw it to you. And I, I mean, kind of this season, you could you could probably find a 130 and more pictures. <laughs> Oh, yeah, immediately totally. just at the click of her fingers of yeah. of this season and I yeah. mean what a season it's turning out to be yeah unbelievable you know I've I've been supporting Liverpool since the late 70s as a young boy back then but you know I've seen many of the great Liverpool teams I've seen us win every trophy and you think you've seen it all and then you know Jürgen Klopp comes along and that journey we've been on ever since he took over basically and then this season no again you, you He's done great things already. And then this season, you know, touch words, what we're on the verge of at the moment, you know, we'll just eclipse everything, wouldn't it? And, you know, he's like, you look back at the, the game against Manchester United last week and that first half performance, it's probably probably the best I've seen. You know, when I've, no, I was, I, my first ever game was when we beat Tottenham 7 0 in 1978. So that, even though I was only yeah, young. You set a high mark there, yeah. didn't you? <laughs> you know, but then, no, to do the Nottingham Forest 5 0, so many countless cup final victories, comebacks in Europe and whatever else. But just for pure football performance, that, the first half, especially against United, was just up there. Probably, well, not even up there, I think it probably eclipsed everything I had seen. And the guy I was sitting next to at the match, he, he mentioned him. Uh, you know, it was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters yeah. in basketball. And it was, they were just that magical. And, you know, obviously you can't play at that level all of the time. But, you know, this I said, this journey went on and where we're up to now, you know, we us get to the stage of the season. One trophy in the bag, three still to play for. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's been amazing. No, I think for for me that first uh, Mohamed Salah goal to make it two 0 the pass from Mane, the whole build up to it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the goal of the season. That's the goal that typifies even maybe kind of this this whole Jurgen Klopp ride that, yeah. that Liverpool have been on. Probably won't win it because it's not a spectacular <laughs> blockbuster from from outside the box. But what a finish it, it was! And George, I suppose on Liverpool this season then. We mentioned you guys trying to take this book and take something that people maybe hadn't seen before and trying to, to bring it to life and do something. As Mark said there, this season for Liverpool, I suppose it, it is kind of that encapsulated in a season in terms of Liverpool have won all these trophies before. They've never done it all at once, though. No, it, that, that, that's true. Um, it's been a marvellous season for, for Liverpool. Um, and, you know... That I date back, you know, even further than uh, than Mark, you know. So I saw, you know, the the, the Shankly days, the, the the Paisley days, 
Tal Gleish days. This is up there. This, this, this team now is up there. The performances are um, they're, they're, they're sort of sweeping almost everything in, in front of yeah. them. Um, and it's uh, it's looking good. You just look at that past week, you know, the <coughs> Manchester City in the semi-final, United on the Tuesday and then Everton Sunday. Yeah. No, you don't get weeks They're like not that. easy games, are they? No, but what a week that was. You know, it's probably unprecedented. I know we've, we've had weeks before. We've won. We've been to Wembley Cup final. We've been to Rome, won European Cups and whatever. But to beat them three teams and no three high-intensity high games like that, it's like... The other thing I was going to say, just adding on that as well, is everything is focused on Liverpool. In terms of Manchester United are going through a, a demise and obviously their managerial situation, Everton aren't having a great time. But Liverpool fans don't need to find solace in gloating or enjoying that too no, much no. because it's all about exactly what Liverpool yeah. done. Whereas in previous years, you don't even have to go too far back that actually there would be a lot of joy taken yeah. in that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. as you say, it's always it's always nice to beat your rivals, the, the United and Everton, but more importantly, it was just the three points yeah. for Liverpool, and, you know, which keeps us on course for what hopefully would be unprecedented quadruple. And I think, you know, as, as great as the team, obviously the, this we've done is all about the history of the club. And, you know, this team now is making their own history. Mm. But I think this... It's not to say, you know, we don't look, we don't still look back at what's gone before because without what we've written about and what your photographs George has colorized, we're probably not in this position we are now. And I think that they, they complement each other perfectly. You know, a great past, and you know, in fifty years' time, someone will be producing three D images yeah. of the, uh, <laughs> the color pictures that we've got. Now. Yeah. yeah, no, and I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll even come to this book for inspiration to to make those pictures that you've colorized, George, three D. But no, gents really enjoyed their going down memory lane. Looking through the book, as I said, I'd encourage everyone to uh, to go and buy a copy of it. It's Old Liverpool FC in Color, published by Reach Sport. Head to ReachSportShop.com, search for Old Liverpool FC in Color, and you can buy it there. You can also find it at other book retailers as well and, of course, on Amazon as well. All that's left to say then is thanks to both Mark and to George for coming in and to you for listening as well here to the latest episode on the Blood Red channel. But as I say, Mark and George, thanks a lot for coming in, gents, and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for having us. Pleasure. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.